Would you please pray with me? God, who last Sunday and Pentecost breathed life in fire and flame and air, fill us now with your Holy Spirit. Burn away in us the things that are not reflective of you and your love, O oh God, and let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be glorified in your sight. For you, O oh God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. Amen. So this pulpit of sorts strategically hides the fact that at this point, I'm 37 weeks pregnant. And if I'm honest with you, I feel a little bit like a stuffed sausage. On my walks, I've begun to feel my hands and my feet swell. I started the great duck-like waddle around my neighborhood every day, hoping to usher forth this little one from my belly, who goodness knows is going to come in their own sweet time. For the past nine months, I have felt myself preparing to say goodbye. A goodbye that I know is coming, as my life will radically reorient itself. I've had to say goodbye to superficial things, the bathing suits that I'll probably never wear again. But I've also had to say goodbye to my desire to rush and to do more and to do it faster. I've had to give up on this message that I've been telling myself ever since I was a little girl, that I can do it on my own. As I have to ask Dan to move that heavy thing or to pick up another item that I've dropped. At 37 weeks, my belly round and hard with this little one, I feel the possibility and the potential of life that awaits this baby. But the superficial aside, it is a strange time to be physically carrying new life in the face of so much pain and death. Not only with a pandemic robbing the breath of now over 100,000 Americans alone, but as we hear the cries of communities who've not been able to breathe since many were brought here in the bellies of slave ships. The virus of racism has choked their breath and George Floyd's words, I can't breathe, are just another refrain in a too long litany of black folks senselessly murdered. Murdered by America's original sin of racism. I'm holding this tension of new life and death, of hello and goodbye. But our Christian faith often invites me and invites all of us to hold these two paradoxically together. Hello and goodbye, life and death. In Christ's death at the hands of the Imperial Roman Empire, we see the ways that systems fail, the ways that greed and pride and jealousy can kill innocence. And yet Jesus's death is not the end of the story. Jesus's love returns in the resurrection more powerful, inspiring the disciples then and inspiring us disciples now 
to faithful living. To take our faith and not keep it confined to the quarters of our homes, but to take it to the streets. To be shared with our neighbors and to be shouted and bodily proclaimed in how we choose to live. Because goodness knows where there is no justice, there is no peace. As we celebrate our graduates this Sunday, they know this lesson. You know this lesson. I was encouraged this past Monday as folks gathered at Lake Ellen and marched in protest of racial injustice and against police brutality marking the murder of George Floyd as an act against our shared humanity. And you know who I saw in the crowd? I saw our graduates. Young folks who are meeting this time of disappointment and uncertainty, where goodbyes weren't given, but left with textbooks and lunchboxes and gym clothes stuffed in lockers accumulating dust, where dorm rooms lay untouched after spring breaks, as if all involved in higher education had been somehow raptured up. You weren't given the chance to relish in the lasts and you endured so many firsts. But you have walked into this moment with a hello and done so in a way that I can only describe as filled with God's spirit. I've seen you and heard you not centered on yourselves, but on the world and its deep pain and its deep need right now. And I'm so incredibly proud of the ways that you're striving to live as Paul is encouraging the people of Corinth to live into radical revolutionary love. Maybe, maybe like Paul, we are writing our letter of tears. Maybe we are folks who need to read the tear-soaked letters of others to hear their pain, to learn the ways that systems have denied and deprived the breath of their very lungs. Maybe we need to sit with our discomfort. Maybe we need to let go of our need to sit in judgment of the way systemic pain plays out. Maybe like Paul, our emotions are so close to the top that we feel disjointed, unsure of where to look, or turn, or what to read, or do, or how even to be in this moment. And I wonder if this is where the power of the Holy Trinity can be our teacher and our guide. If I'm honest with you, most days I find the Trinity confusing, and I take great comfort in the belief that there are some mysteries in this world that are just too big for my one little brain to understand. But this week, the Trinity has resonated with me in a different way, and I have found myself drawing upon its power, upon the ways that God shows up in our world as a teacher and as a creator and as a source of strength. In Jesus, we see a man who spoke of how to live here on this earth, with one another in holy relationships. His message was always about making room. 
It was never about exclusion or elitism. It was about the building of a radical beloved community. Time and again, we hear Jesus ask questions. We see him sit in conversation and listen, helping to get to the root of people's pain and exposing it to God's love light. This Holy Trinity Sunday, we can look to God, our creator, who gave each and every one of us a divine spark. Creator God, who out of the nothingness formed day and night, out of the void bringing forth land, and out of the dust breathing life into us. And this is a God that delights in creation and delights in each of us, a beautiful reflection of God, our creator, our spark, every human life, a spark of God's image that too is a holy thing. And we are given God's Holy Spirit, that power that ignites and empowers us to be kingdom builders, to do our work of saying goodbye in ways that might be uncomfortable or difficult or painful, that might not always feel good or make us look good, but that are important. So this week, let us draw upon the wisdom and teachings of Jesus. Let us recognize God's light that shines within us and within the lives of others. And let us feel God's Holy Spirit calling us to do the hard work of letting go, of saying goodbye, so that we can say hello to truly living as God's people centered in love. Amen.